0: you know, the Rotten Tomatoes score, I don't know if that's, you know, important to you or not. I don't really look at stuff like that, but I noticed it. I was like, look, 100% audience score, 95% threat. That's awesome.
1: Over 50 plus critics, you kidding? Of course I look at that and we
0: we push it. We're a little
1: independent doc.
0: That's amazing.
1: And you know, we just opened in the UK.
0: Welcome to the Lone Star Play podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Join me and a famous guest We discuss their career, life, food, Texas, and everything in between. Let's get started. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Lone Star Play podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. All right, we have a very special episode today. Okay, it's with Janice Engel. Uh, She directed a documentary about Molly Ivins. A very famous journalist and libertarian, Texan, just badass woman who, you know, transformed the landscape, right? Of journalism. Uh, She worked all over, traveled all over, was a phenomenal cook, um, you know, spoke different languages, just very cultured, um, and gave a lot of sort of, you know, conservative, Republican uh really just anybody politically i guess really um you know but more you know that side leaning gave a lot of problems uh and uh you know just in her writing she just had this style of writing uh look need i say more there's a there's a trailer for the documentary that i'm going to i'm going to insert here so that you guys can uh you know learn a little bit more about Molly Ivins and this documentary it's called uh, Raise Hell the Life and Times of Molly Ivins. Uh, it's by Magnolia Pictures. Uh, it's out now. You can see it right now on Hulu uh, and other places. You can just, you know, Google try to try to see it. And uh, again, we had the director on, Janice Ingle. So look, I'm not going to dilly-dally too much here. We're just going to get to uh, the trailer. After that, there'll be a, a, a short uh, word from our sponsor, Texas Real Food, and then we'll get to the podcast, okay? So, all right. Here's the trailer. All right, I have come to cheer y'all up about the state of politics in this great nation. I know you think that uh, it is looking dark and gloomy. Cheer up, it could always be worse. You could be living in Texas. I bring to you our own Molly Ivins. Molly Ivins appeared in papers all over the country. How many legendary print journalists are there? I'm a Texan. I drive a pickup truck. I drink beer. I hug. I'm a liberal. So what? Molly came in like a house of fire, making riotous fun of the legislature. Representative so-and-so has the IQ of an adolescent and so I see him in the Capitol the next day, and they say, baby, you put my name in your paper. I accidentally became an authority on George W. Bush. Like the guy who climbed Everest, it was there. The people who Molly took apart were the right people
1: to aim at and they
0: knew it. What's your take on The draft dodging, dope smoking, deadbeat dad who divorced his dying wife. Molly could be very rough on progressives. In my opinion, the democratic leadership is gutless to an extraordinary extent. I had been asked to join the New York Times. They wanted Molly for the unique voice, the class, but they wanted her to fit into the times. As we say in Texas, that dog don't hunt. Damn, it's good to be back home again. One can make a difference in Texas, what the hell they need with one more liberal in Berkeley, California, for God's sake. Texas has always been the national laboratory for bad government. Major daily publications were buying her column and not running it. You bet their censorship.
1: Anytime you do the kind of work Molly did, there's a price to pay for it.
0: Molly got death threats, threatening letters. I think of you as a hateful lying left liberal. We keep pretending that the political spectrum runs from right to left. It doesn't. It runs from top to bottom. It's not those people in Washington. It's not those people in your state capital.
1: This country is run by us. Somebody is going to look them in the eye and speak truth, and she
0: did. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed the trailer. Now it's time for a word from our sponsor, Texas Real Food. So what we're going to do is just quick, uh, you know, I don't know, 60, 90 seconds here of me just live on their website, texasrealfood.com. And just showing you some different things about it, you know. That's all I'm going to do. Just live right here. Boom. I'm on the website. Um, So basically, you know, go to TexasRealFood.com. You can enter your zip code in right to to find the nearest place around you that's that's serving good food. Just different places: farmers markets, butchers, whatever, all that stuff, right? so but also they have all these other great stuff recipes articles things like that so just gonna deep dive into here look there's a, right now i'm looking at it you know this is a great recipe for crispy listen to this crispy cajun deep fried gator nuggets what get out of here that sounds delicious the, the pictures on this are amazing breaded looks ridiculous uh we've got this uh pico de gallo recipe um you know, look how eating alternative meats can help today's food system. Boom, 10 superfoods you need to have on hand in 2021. Come on, guys. Seven best artisan producers you can source your chili mix from. These are phenomenal articles. Okay, just waiting. Ooh, a wild boar ragu sauce. It's, oh my god, that looks delicious. Wow. Look at this. Oh, oh, here we go for you uh, alcoholics out there. Uh, spice up the week with this classic Cajun lemonade. Okay, I, I don't know, actually know if it has alcohol in it, but, I, you know, you got a lemonade, you add a little something, something, right? I mean, come on. Just for anybody. Yeah, look, it's for the family, for the whole family. Uh, fresh goat cheese jalapeno poppers. Uh, I mean, guys, I'm getting hungry. Y- y'all don't even want to see the pictures on this. Ridiculous. National Pizza Day. Healthy homemade pizza right there. Show you how to do it. Oof. Oof. Okay, guys. So look, there's a ton of stuff on there. How to's, everything you want about Texas Real Food. So please check it out. TexasRealFood.com. Ton of great stuff. All right. So without further ado, let's get to the episode. Okay. Okay. Um, As always, don't forget about the podcast, uh, you know, our YouTube channel. It is now the Lone Star Play podcast, okay? It's officially uh, name change. We have our own YouTube channel, uh, clips, you know, the whole episode and and that's actually the only place you can get clips of the podcast is on the youtube channel so yeah check it out guys please subscribe that's what we need that would help a lot please subscribe uh so go to our youtube channel the lone star plate podcast and our brand new instagram the lone star plate podcast uh and uh yeah you know everywhere else right twitter facebook star plate so okay guys let's get to the episode thank you so much for listening as always this is this is such a great episode oh and by the way I get deputized that's right I get deputized so okay raise hell the life and times of Molly Ivins Janice Engel, phenomenal woman by the way great interview you guys are gonna love it enjoy hello
1: hi there how you doing i'm doing okay how are you
0: i'm fantastic thank you so much for asking i love this background
1: oh my background it's just my it's my lo- it's my office
0: i love it i love it
1: <laughs> thank so, you yeah Thanks for it, having me
0: absolutely what what's that on your shirt is oh, that a badge
1: it sure is dang guy there's a text there's a sheriff in town it's um <laughs> it's, we had these made for uh when we went to Sundance and um, the, we are, let's see, it says um, raise how Molly Ivins and it is, it's a really, you know, all the principals had it, but we also had little stars made. We had like 5,000 of them made and all around um, whatever festival we were at, it started in Sundance. We would deputize people into, you know, Molly Ivins posse. It was fabulous. It was about the first amendment. Do you solemnly lo- <laughs> swear you can take oh, the oath, God. and I can, I can, I can swear you in?
0: Really? Let's do it. I want, I want to be deputized. Let's okay, do
1: it. Okay, ra- raise your right hand.
0: Okay, I had do to you, think about do- that for just a second. But- like <laughs> I know,
1: right? Which <laughs> do you solemnly swear <laughs> to um, uphold uh, freedom of the press, freedom of of speech? So help you, Molly. I do. You are now a member of the Molly Ivans posse the brigade of first amenders freedom rights
0: <laughs> bam wow what a great start to this podcast this i just got deputized this is the great that's the this the, that's the greatest idea i gotta tell you i absolutely i just think that's so wonderful
1: oh my god and, and it's funny because it was you know we did we it's molly it's the lone star state we had these badges but i think i do I have my little bit? I had the little bit. we we gave them, we kept giving them out people kept kept coming up to us because it became so can we be deputized? Yeah, totally been posse. And we would do it. I mean, we're freezing. It's like it's like 18 or 13 degrees in, in Sundance, Park City. And we're okay, raise your right hand. Do you solemnly swear to uphold
0: <laughs> Freedom of the Press? Freedom oh of speech. Gosh.
1: So help you, Molly.
0: I just love that. That is great. We did
1: it. We did the whole audience. We would do audiences.
0: Oh, Uh, really? Oh, that's a great idea. We got everybody on
1: their feet. It was, you know what? It was in true Molly Ivan's spirit. You know, it is, she's driving this bus. I'm just blessed to be on her ride.
0: I love that. That is so that is so wonderful. Yeah, just I, man, that is absolutely fantastic. Well, I feel great now. I'm deputized. So uh, look, my wife, i am gonna be telling her, you know, hey, listen, I'm I'm in charge now. I'm in <laughs> exactly. deputized. You are she, in charge, right? She's going to be like, yeah, no, nah, I don't think so. You know, <laughs> I love it. Uh, listen, I you know, I've just watched this film and it's um, I watched it, uh, I guess, two nights ago. Um, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, it's just Thank absolutely you. phenomenal. Um, the story of her t- totally encapsulates her. It's hilarious, right? Just her words. I mean, it's just it's just so funny. Um, I- I'm trying to think um, before we sort of get get into her and the background and everything. I-, I wanted to sort of th- ask you a quick question. Do you think there's any current Molly Ivans out right now?
1: <laughs> well, Patrick, everybody asks me that question, and Did I actually asked everybody I interviewed starting in 2012. You know. Who can fill, you know, Mo- Molly's, you know, size twelve shoes, and um, you know, it's in, and it's the same, you know. There really is nobody who does what she does to that extent. Um, first of all, she was a columnist, so she wrote, in, at the height of her power, she was in over four hundred newspapers across the United States. That's extraordinary. Um, but people don't, you know, local newspapers are going by the wayside. It's really. It's tough yeah um and because that is the purveyor of of boots on the ground journalism so it's hard um so she would do uh two columns a week uh it's funny i had this conversation with um rachel maddow you know we we talked about it and and here's the thing the people who do what molly evans does are the comedians. I mean, this is what I found when I was doing this back in 2012, everybody would say John Stewart, they say Colbert, they would say, you know, the usual suspects. And then it, as time, because it took me six and a half, seven years to make it six and a half years, it became, you know, uh, 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 John Oliver, Samantha B, yeah. you know, Trevor Noah, um, yeah. the comedians. And sure. that they, and I, I would say John Oliver, the Brit is pretty astute. He is a deep political walk. And so is John Stewart. So is Colbert, I mean, Colbert. Although Colbert is, you know, not the Colbert Rapport anymore. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's you know, it's late night. So right. it's different. But what Molly did, she did all on her own. The comedians have writer's rooms. They You have to have the investigative journalistic piece to be able to do the joke. Yeah. So, so Molly did this all herself. She probably had a stringer every now and then. She also had her chief of stuff, Betsy Moon. Y'all, Betsy, if you're listening, because this is coming from Austin. um, And all Molly's peeps who are in Austin. Y'all, all all 'all. y'all. I love it. (laughs) Anyway, so so who does this? I mean, who does this? There are some young writers coming up um, that journalists have told me about uh, that have the spirit of Molly Ivins. There's Connie Schultz, who still is in print. Who's, she's married to Sherrod Brown in Ohio. She actually won. Um, she was one of the, uh, at the Molly Awards, the recipient of it, uh, back, in, back when we first started this project. And she is, has a similarity in her tone and in her writing. Um, yeah. There's a gal named Lauren Duca, who's in, out of New York, who's got that same rye. She nails nails them to the wall. <laughs> this is Hollywood, and, but she's got that New York undercurrent. Yeah. So there are people, but really when I'm asked this question, what it really boils down to is if you look, see my film, which I hope all y'all who haven't seen it do see it. Yes. yes. Go to the, towards the end, there's a lot of protests and, and we finished it before Black Lives Matter. Otherwise that would have been in there too. Um, you'll see on the front lines, a lot of young faces, those are the next Molly Ivans. They're birthing yep. right now. They are, they've are. they got a fire in their belly. The pilot is lit. And this country is being handed to them. It is up to we, the people, and particularly, I mean, I'm getting older, but the younger people, we all look, look at what just happened. I mean, you know, but we are a terribly divided country. So we all Absolutely. have to do our part and we all need to find our way back. To the table. I mean, y'all are in Texas. Come on. I mean, Molly came up at a time where you agreed to disagree or you just disagreed and it didn't matter. You went and had a beer and, you know, yeah, <laughs> but she also talked about the polarization back then. She would say people. And this was, of course, in the uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, Newt Gingrich and the, 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 the contract with America, which started this polarization really under undercut it, undercut to basically um, move the conservatives more less be about yes fiscal conservatives but mean more about social and right. and diversity it really it was a threat it's a threat it's racist and it always has been and it yeah. is top to bottom and that yeah. is about caste that's top to bottom who's on the bottom
0: yeah who's absolutely
1: I I you know. If you got the right skin color, generally, chances are you're on the top. So absolutely, so, especially so, in Texas. <laughs> yeah, but Texas is Texas is the blueprint for America. How many books have been written about that?
0: Yeah, right.
1: Uh, Lawrence Wright just had uh, "God Save Texas" came out last year. Uh, Danielle Collins, "As Goes Texas, So Goes the Rest of the Country." I'm I'm probably getting the titles wrong, but. Uh, There's been numerous. And Molly said, Texas is the national laboratory for bad government.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that quote. It's true. (laughs) But
1: Texas is also, look. Houston is the most diverse city in America. So Texas is a blueprint. It really is a blueprint. And I would say California to some degree, whereas you guys are more red. Obviously we're more blue, but we are also, we are a state of immigrants we are a country y'all get a clue y'all came from somewhere else and this country was taken. So, you know, the origin story that that's getting changed too about time. So
0: I agree. (laughs) I I agree. Uh,
1: I'm sorry to go off on my, my,
0: no, I'm happy to have these conversations. Uh, you know, I'm liberal. I grew up in Texas. Um, my mother's from Mexico. She immigrated here. Um, you know, these are conversations I've had my whole life. You know, to be honest with you, so I have no problem having these even in my home, you know, there would be uh, disagreements. you know, my father's from uh, St. Louis, my mother's from Mexico City. So you know, even my father married to you know, had issues sometimes with uh, the immigration and and things and we I remember have in our living room, you know, we'd be having arguments like, Dad, don't you see what you know, mom came from Mexico, like, where're your children? where' you know, we, we, you know, my brother was born in Guadalajara. You know, it's like don't don't you see what's happening? But even then, um, the, there's, I don't know. It's just something about my dad was was fiercely conservative, but my my father was very liberal on social issues. To be honest with you, that in a lot the, of ways,
1: that's the the old Republican Party, which was and yeah. and and an, an came from a I think a WASP, you know, kind of uh, American, you know, work hard, uh, everybody should get a fair shake. Exactly. On some level. And yeah. I, I think that um, a lot of the old guard of Republicans were fiscal conservative, but socially more progressive. Um, sure. um, and that changed because of, well, Molly talks about it in the great state. What is it? The three the, the triumvirate. machismo, machismo oh, okay. Anti-intellectualism and an overt display of religiosity. And George Bush ran on that. And that's what he did as governor. That was the blueprint. Shrub, Molly wrote Shrub to basically uh, show what he had done as governor, which was not much because he doesn't like governance. And of course in the great state, it's the Lieutenant Governor who wields the power. And Wiley Bob Bullock was the Lieutenant Governor who had been a Democrat. He had been Lieutenant Governor for Ann Richards. It's really interesting. And- uh, Right. It is, but but anyway, it, it they Bush was groomed, and when he became president, she wrote Bushwhacked. and in <laughs> yeah. Bushwhack she read, if y'all had read the first book, I wouldn't have had <laughs> to write the second one. So what he did in Texas, what he did in, in, in Texas, he did across America, and yeah. uh, and then it was the rise of you know the, the religious right. A machismo and anti-intellectualism. I mean, you know, the whole thing, the cultural elites, and yes, there is, if the shoe fits, sure, on the the, the left coast and the other left coast. But I mean, who is against intellectual, who's against getting an education? I mean, the dumbing down, that was, it's like the dumbing down of America is truly complete. Where people (laughs) do not realize, and this has always been the case of voting against their own interests because they use religion and they use uh, anti-abortion and they use all these, which is really about misogyny. I mean, really, I I, I could go. With
0: it. No, I'm um, you know, I'm happy to have these conversations that we We have these conversations all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. It, that, that's what this film sort of, you know, opens up. It makes you want to have these conversations, which some might call them tough. I, I don't really think they're tough conversations. I think they're just necessary. Uh, conversations. I guess they may be tough at times, um, depending on on where you stand. Yeah. What what isn't isn't tough? tough. Exactly. Exactly. What isn't tough?
1: I mean, unless you're born with a silver spoon in your mouth and where, I mean, even the middle class, what isn't tough?
0: Yeah. We've been gutted.
1: So, so I agree. Thank you for saying that these conversations are needed because if we don't have these conversations, we will not find our way back to the table and find common ground. And we, we have a shared humanity. We are, we are one species. Stop, absolutely. The tribal, stop the tribalism.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Um, and, you know, in Texas, it's, you know, I remember I, I was never very political to be honest with you my whole life, even living in Texas, it wasn't even something, I don't know. It wasn't even something I really even knew about my friends to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know. It just wasn't a part of my life. Um, just whatever I did. Um, I travel a lot. I, I moved around a lot. So, um, that was what I was concerned with. But really around 2015, just like a lot of people in this country, it just sort of got thrown you know, in our faces and uh, the divide just became so apparent. And, you know, I will say this, I'm in Austin, so maybe I'm in a weird little bubble here in Texas, um, but I don't know. The divide is there, but it's also not there in some in some ways. On a day-to-day basis, if you know what I mean, I don't know. Do you, do you experience that same thing, or how is it for you?
1: Well, I live in LA, and I, yeah. I live I don't live in Orange County, and I know that if I crossed the line, no, I'm <laughs> if I, there is a different vibe. And I live in the part of LA where there's a divide, even in LA between the East Side and the West Side. Yeah, and it's all you know, it, it, and LA is very segregated. It's a lot like like Houston. You know and um you know our country is kind of like that what's you know good for the the north and the east is no good for the south and the west i mean we we have a massive country absolutely and, and it is tribal and it it is so you're you're in a i've spent a lot of time in Austin in, in, you know, this is now it's on eight years, but when I first started in 2012 till 20 uh, well, until the film came out 2019 20 I, I spent a lot of time in Austin living there for a couple of months at a time at different points, living in the, the Briscoe center for American studies, the Del Brisco center for oh, American wow. studies um, in the archives where Molly's papers Thank you, Don Carlton. Shout out to the executive director and his entire <laughs> wonderful staff over there. Um, I, I am, um, and being in Austin was like being in Los Feliz in L.A. I, it's very similar, or it's like being in north in in, in north parts of Northern California.
0: Interesting. It, you
1: are in a bubble, and you and plus Austin, you are really you guys are with the tech. You're getting more yeah. like San Francisco, but yeah also Austin is a creative town. So music, 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 writing, less so about it's food, foodie, foodie land. So it's very, that's very similar to LA. I felt completely comfortable. Now, if I were to go and I've, you know, been to many places in the States, I've made lots of, I was a showrunner. I used to make lots of doc series and stuff like that. And I've been to, you know, uh, different areas and all over the country. And I remember when, uh, somewhere it was it 2011. I was in Kentucky. I was doing a, I was doing a pilot or something for somebody. And, um, the election Obama, <laughs> the second term. And I was in an Applebee's cause it was the only place you could eat. Like after she- <laughs> shout
0: out Applebee's,
1: Applebee's. it was like, nine. I don't know. I was like, we had to get there before nine. It was going to, yeah. I had to eat and we we're at the That's bar hilarious. and we'd had a few drinks and the on, it was like right before the election every television was the game whatever the game was on and i started drumming a little thing on the table i was there with my dp and the grip and another that producer and i started drumming you know like to oh and they looked at me and they said you're gonna get killed <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're they're gonna they're
0: gonna string you oh, <laughs> oh man but it
1: was so it was so clear to me that i was in I don't want to say enemy territory because we do have, <laughs> but in people who definitely can't even have a conversation. Sure. they can't, And they don't get that they're voting against their own best interests because they have been fed. Well, because of, because of a lack of education, I do believe it's because of a lack of education.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's possible um, for sure. I, I will say this, um, you know, Gosh, I mean, I, you know, again, I've grown up with nothing but conservatives in Texas, you know, mo- most of my friends. And even to this day, a lot of my friends are very conservative. And it's been a hard time over the past four years, to, to be honest with you, to even maintain a lot of those friendships. Have, have um, you been
1: able to? Have you been able to? Yeah,
0: have- absolutely. Okay. Uh, for the most part, um, I, I, look, it's on somebody else's to leave from from me, because I will sit down and have the conversation with you. Now, what I won't do is scream and yell and name calling that, that, that I won't do, but I will have an open conversation. You say your opinion, I'll say mine. And you know, we'll we'll talk about it. I I don't see anything wrong there. i I always want to keep that open. I mean, it's my job too. Right. I talk for a living. Like I'm open to conversations probably more than maybe a normal person, but yeah, but it's still been difficult because there is a divide and you know, people take, I think what I've noticed too, is that people take personal offense, So if you say something bad about Trump, they think you're saying something bad about them. Yeah, they personalize it. Right. And the other way, too, I'll say if if somebody says something about Biden, you know, uh, they'll take it personal, like you're saying something about me. And, you know, I think that's something we have to sort of separate. You know, we're we're not the candidates, Um, but I get the divide. I get why there's tension as well, because some of these conversations haven't been had before. You know, we've just wanted to keep it down, right? Keep make America great again. W- when was it great again, right? Like this exactly. whole concept. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. America so, was. America has had moments. And then the one of the biggest moments was when FDR basically created, you know, the New Deal, which basically put America back to work. The second definitely. was, you know, at least that, that I know about because my parents my dad was a veteran may he rest in peace my father fought in world war ii my parents came up through the depression so that was much closer to how i grew up so we had that knowledge and i grew up literally in a historical bubble of progression because of post world war ii there was no middle class before world war ii you were poor there was a a trading class you know and and it, it but not a big, not the World War II, post-World War II created the middle class and gave everybody a leg up. Yeah. And there were people on top who didn't like that so much. And so they consistently worked towards doing that. But at the same time, you had you had the civil rights movement. And that was by, you know, LBJ took that on. And, you know, progression, Progress. I got a great education in a public school because post World War II, my parents picked. They were from Brooklyn and the Bronx. They picked where they wanted their kids to grow up, and the start of suburbia, um, where the 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 number one school district. That's how they picked where we would live. Yeah, and it was a very different world, and I I got the benefit of that. But then. And you know, and there was there was divides before. I mean, if you yeah. if if you go back and you you see some of it in my footage, that footage of the kids, um, of of the the black and white footage of the riots, yeah, that's Chicago. That was oh, wow. the Chicago Seven. That was that was and there was riots all the time. Kent State. I grew. That's what I grew up around. The protests of the Vietnam War, Nixon, and there was this vitriol, but but people could come to the table and still talk and not demonize each other and um, you know i think it's it is i think part of the big problem that we're in right now is this yeah wow it's 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 all the a social phone media. you're holding up a phone yeah I'm just for those up listening an yeah.
0: yeah
1: and it's a smartphone whatever you have it's sure. this yeah, and smart. we are a very disconnected world and we don't talk to each other. We get everything. How funny is that?
0: We're disconnected, but we're so connected, right? In another way.
1: Well, that was, that was the irony of, you know, yeah. of Facebook. I used to. So crazy. You know, it's, it's the, we are, it. It's the uh, disconnected network. Um, we are, yeah. and, and then if you see, there's a lot of docs that have recently come out that have been actually well, the, you know, the one about um, Cambridge Analytica that came out um, in 2019. But what is it called?
0: Oh my god. Oh yes, I did see that. Oh, what was god. that called? The my the hack god. was that something? It? No, that right wasn't hack. it, right? The great, the great, the great hack. hack. Yeah. yeah.
1: That and then, um, the, most recently, the social dilemma.
0: Yeah. The and social dilemma. A, yeah. There's a
1: short doc. Um, done by a uh, great doc filmmaker and, and philanthropist leslie iwerks whose great whose grandfather was ib iwerks who co-created di- uh, mickey mouse called oh, wow. selling lies selling you can see it on itunes and it's about the same thing and you know it lays out really what happened in 2016 um how these young men in macedonia in a little apartment complex started it's it's uh cash for clicks, and they created all these stories that were patterned towards, if you are a person who's more leaning towards the right, if you're a person more leaning towards the left, and because of the algorithms, and that's what the social dilemma is about too. Yeah. Everything is patterned. So if you are addicted to social media, which a lot of people are, you will get what, what, what feeds what you wanna hear, what you wanna see, and it's, it's because of advertising. And the whole thing needs to be regulated, but deregulation started under Ronald Reagan.
0: Yeah, uh, and they're I trying to do more? it again. They're trying right. to do it again, right? Yeah. Maybe well, it's, uh, it,
1: it needs. We need to have. We need to have some sort of regulation, and now it's a it's a global global issue
0: absolutely you know it is curious how they deal with these you know, let's just say the privacy issues of of it right because there's more than just one issue with with it oh, yeah. um, but you know europe for instance right the way they handle that these these social networks over there as opposed to here is is a difference. Um, you know i just had a guest on recently and the, the it'll come out soon but they are the ceo of funware and that's the company that ran um that he was hired the the company was hired by ba- brad Parscale of the trump team to run right. the trump trump team app so they were in a they were in the news recently about the data and you know what was being taken and that sort of thing and you know i had this conversation with him and he kind of just you know he, he said a lot of shocking things i'll be honest with you Um, i'm excited for that episode to come out but the one thing that that struck me as odd is he's just like um look if you don't if you God, how do you put this? Right, I don't want to misquote him. So this is paraphrasing him, but basically, like, you know, if you don't like Facebook, Twitter, these things, just leave. Like, right? they're they're going to take your data. There is no such thing as privacy anymore. You know, you can forget about that. That those days are gone, and like tough luck, bud. Sort of sort of thing. And I I really don't think that's the right approach for us to have. I guess I get why he's saying it, right? Uh, but just as a consumer, that that seems like awfully that's not what I want to hear from the people running this stuff like right. for you're right like it's scary it's all scary arrogant,
1: it's an arrogant position. arrogant
0: exactly it's an Very arrogant, arrogant position. position
1: and you know uh, things things change things change all the time is he going to say that when ai basically takes over completely <laughs> i you know it's it there is a certain level of responsibility and um I think, you know, everybody's distracted. So I, I I did did do have a glimmer of hope because of what happened in the election that democracy, though hanging on by a thread, is holding the line. I
0: agree. I agree. I, I
1: my concern my concern is the amount of the con- how many people believe these conspiracy theories. There's always been bubbles of it, but now it just travels so fast. And so oh it's, it's-
0: it's ridiculous it right now, right? It's like plays on oh people's my gosh.
1: fears, and people have a lot to be afraid about. And why? Because of inequity. Sure. It is. It's really. It is the root of the rot, and um, you know, and people don't. It, it it's, you know, it, it comes down to his ideology. I mean, I am married to a Danish person, and they have a social democracy, and I've had arguments with certain people who, were, um. I respect but are very right and they 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 have a completely wrong picture because they believe what they're told and sure oh I about had,
0: socialism you mean
1: oh about so, social democracy yes. socialism has begotten such an it's, it's it, it, it because i lived in spain
0: i'm a resident of spain like i lived in that system my wife's from there um i i get it yeah people have well, that was a fascist
1: that was fascist to, until yeah franco later until right, franco right. franco got a pass during world war ii which is kind of a joke
0: Total isn't joke, that absolutely ridiculous. Isn't well because he helped i mean look i learned a lot living in spain i like my my you know my wife's family and stuff like the stories they told me because they grew up in that era with franco i mean in fact they know that more than anything else to be honest with you sure and the stories they told me yeah franco was just he was helping hitler i mean that, that's all that was happening he yes. was helping and that's how he got a free pass and he was letting everything slide and helping along the way. And it's absolutely just horrific.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 there's, there's a, a window of people don't get it. And what's interesting is you look at what's going on all around the globe. And this was, this has been a period where, um, as Molly would call it, I, I hate when they use the f word. the the <laughs> the sound the jackbooted the sound of jack when she said jack she said the sound of jackbooted the f word jackbooted fascism and she would, <laughs> she she goes when they drop that word um because she had such great faith in democracy and yeah. in the dream of what this country is. This is we're a really young country you know compared to Europe we're a really young yeah. country. Um, So she had great hope because she was a a first amendment warrior and she really loved what the, the founding fathers, but she said they left out, you know, half the population, women um, and, and people of color and anybody else who was different. Yeah. However, the notion of what it is and the possibility, and that's what America has always been. And now you have, we've now lost our, that that place, and I also think it's a somewhat of a fable, that whole idea of the impossibility. Now, I will a utopia say- utopia
0: of sorts, yeah. A I, utopia, and, and there's been yeah.
1: pockets, sure, but I think that, you know, my wife is Danish, and I'd say they're doing it pretty well over there in, 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 in Copenhagen, people love it. They, yeah, they, yeah. Pay, they pay high taxes, But they have a massive middle class. When you have a massive middle class, you know, that's when democracy is healthy. That is healthy middle class, healthy democracy.
0: That's the majority of people. So that has to be healthy. I agree. Right. Right.
1: And so so people. So we're what? The only first world country that doesn't have a single payer
0: uh, health care. Oh, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's
1: insanity. It's insanity. And so insanity. unfettered capitalism, which is what we have, is um, just as bad as communism. It's 100%. just ideologies. And it's basically, there's a few who get it all on the top and the rest, that's it. We get nothing. So I think when you have a bigger middle class, you have much more say in it and people do pay high taxes. But listen, they have they have a a, what is it? A seven and a half, not even eight hour work day. Um, it's, you have coverage, three years coverage. If you have, uh, have a baby, men and women um, you're yeah. taking care of when you die. There's all this stuff that is folded in you know, here's the thing we pay taxes for our police. We pay taxes for our fire department. Unfortunately, education has been gutted. Um, but why would we not pay for healthcare? health care? care welfare and human services it it doesn't make sense i don't get no. it
0: either uh, yeah i'll never get it i'll never well, understand people who don't support it
1: because they don't they're not educated about it and they they have they then they whomever has thrown suspicion on those in power and they're going to take away your rights and you know yeah they, right. they have
0: the misinformation right That that's what they're being fed of of what it is right so they have this false idea of what what that healthcare would look like here. So they say, no, we don't want that. And I guess that's really where we need to correct is, is fix that message.
1: I think we, it's about, it's about education, you know? Yeah,
0: of course the long-term uh, solution of course, uh, but just short-term uh, edu- educating them on, on what it means uh, for, you know, for that position. Uh, Cause I think we need healthcare like, you know, yesterday, yesterday. Well, I think yeah. this
1: pandemic is going to, it's, yes. Uh, so so I, I just think that there's always going to be issues. There's always going to be problems. But the more that people, we the people, come together and lay it out and have our voices heard, you know, when they start saying fake news and they really, that's we're moving towards fascism. Because when you, the press, the fourth estate, is about a checks and balances. Yeah, and and so yeah, it's 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 definitely Patrick. It's definitely systemic, but like I said, I have hope. I look at all those faces on the front lines. Um, I look at how many people came out. Look at how many people got on phone banks, and now we've got you know Georgia.
0: Oh my God, Georgia gosh. on my mind. Georgia on my mind. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there couldn't be more apropos there for sure. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, Well, they've kind of gotten themselves in a pickle here because, you know, you're claiming everything's rigged. But at the same time, you're saying, go vote.
1: Well, that's he's just so. So I'm like, yeah, do more of that. Because yeah, yeah, you're right.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know, he just raised. What is it? 200? He who shall not be named. He just raised two hundred million dollars uh, yes. For for his comeback, th- people don't get that he's going to use that to pay off his debt. It's not not all of it. Listen, the, New York is he he's not. We'll see what happens. Campaign
0: debt, right? He's, like he's, that's he's, what the he's money. Gonna, is yeah. He's gonna
1: New York is gonna be coming. There's they're they're gonna be coming for him.
0: Oh, I hope so. Uh, yeah, but he has and, uh, divided
1: this country, and there are a lot of people, and it is about it is about it is about race. It's about race. It's about religion it's it's about all those things that play on people's fears and and um you know it's and it's what's really scaring the the powers that be in corporate and the i'm talking about the darker side is that by 2046 when the next census is the we will be in the minority we of the caucasian race we will be in the minority and they're scared to death of that
0: yeah, that's um, it's not a bad place to be. I mean, I, I you know, I, I don't know why people are so concerned. Uh,
1: because they've held it for so that. long because because patriarchy has held. White patriarchy yeah. has held the power for thousands of years. And there it's there's going to be a shift. They're going to need to share and they don't want to share.
0: Yeah, absolutely. World's world's closing in uh, around them. You know, it's a lot of times. Sometimes it's difficult to get a conservative to say this, but if you push hard enough, you really get to the truth of the matter of why they don't want people here, because at first it's always, well, security, uh, you know, protect the home, protect. They, they go through these lists of things that any rational person would agree with. Right. But then it gets to the truth of, well, I just don't want their culture mixing here. They've got to learn how to live here with us, and, th- and then you're like, ah, okay, I see. That's what you're really concerned about, um, you know. And that's where I think we need to start having the conversation.
1: So I couldn't agree more. That mm-hmm. is exactly it. In fact, I've been traveled to many places, and I love seeing how other cultures are. Exactly. I exactly. with me. Yes. Look at look at how many wonderful things we get in terms of food.
0: Jesus Christ. Oh my God, absolutely. Yes. But it's, it's,
1: it's, 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 uh, it's, it's an old belief of, because of white privilege and patriarchy.
0: Yeah. And
1: they're, they're, they're petrified of losing that control. And they really do believe that they're superior, which is eugenics. Yeah. Eugenics yeah. started here in the States, not in Germany. They actually came here to study us, the Nazis.
0: Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's that's like I mean, I'm glad I learned that information, but that's horrible, <laughs> right? Like, oh, my gosh, that's uh-huh. that's I, so horrible. Yeah, get you rid know, this link get that's, rid of yeah. the weakest link. Crazy. Cra- yes. and, and, and what's the irony there is they're the weakest link. You know, you if, know, if, if it, we were to look at it that way, I mean, just using their model of right ju- judgment. You know, I would put a mirror back on them and say that that's actually not how we want to progress as humanity. You know,
1: well, I, I have hope for younger people coming up. I really
0: do. 100%. Well, you know why? Because there's a lot of mixed people like me and my brother
1: Ex- that well, that's are growing the, up. That's what they're afraid of. And that's the point. See, younger generations mix, they don't care. They mix, they're mixed in terms of race, yep. they're fluid, yeah. they're mixed in terms of their sexuality. Yeah,
0: I speak Spanish, and, I speak English, and my mother taught us all that growing up. It was important. You know,
1: in, in terms of gender, th- there's yeah. much more tolerance. I see it, in, I teach, so I see it in my students. There's much more of an openness that way. And why not? And I, you know, frankly, you know, okay, frankly, I, 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 mutts are stronger. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say.
0: Absolutely. What? I mean, a hundred percent. What
1: does it matter? I don't get it. I don't and it. I never have gotten it.
0: Yeah. Since I'm I all for just kid. people, you know, what, what makes you happy? Okay, great. Go do that. That's, you know, we all deserve to be happy in life and I don't see the point of trying to stop other people's happiness. I just don't understand that. I just don't, just don't get it.
1: So tell me about your show, the Lone Star Plate. I, 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 when I heard that name, I thought, oh my god, are we going to have some Texas barbecue? We're going to have a couple of shots of tequila. <laughs>
0: hey, on? I've done, I've done that all uh, on the show for sure. Uh, you know, we just usually, um, we always talk about food at some point in the in the podcast. Uh, I usually, you know, leave it at at any point. It'll pop up if it doesn't. I bring it up at the end. But um, yeah, that's really that's that's really it. I mean, we highlight Texans, great Texans um, and, um, you know, go over whatever project they have or their career or whatever it may be in this, in this case, you know, yourself in this documentary and we're having this wonderful conversation. So I love about this podcast. It opens, opens this up, but yeah, that's really, I come from the food, uh, industry I had uh, what, a food what truck here do? in Austin. What, what uh, was that? Sorry. I, I had a food truck here in Austin, uh, for oh. five years serving Spanish food.
1: Nice. Where was so, it?
0: uh gosh we were all over but i was on rainy street for a long time for a couple years i was on lamar uh south lamar and barton springs sure uh by zilker park there for a couple years as well um yeah we were all over west side east Side. you know we traveled and of course as well great great stuff that was one one of
1: my favorite things about austin was the food is the food trucks and unfortunately because of so much of development All my favorite little trucks disappeared. There was one guy I would go to for for my breakfast tacos in East Austin, and it was called uh, Olviejas.
0: Olviejas.
1: Something like that.
0: You know, that sounds familiar. I'm not not just saying that.
1: It was on 6th and um, just past the freeway. Oh, my God. He was in a little dirt lot. It was where there was a, a coffee place there called Progress Coffee. And um, they—they're gone too. But then I think he got a brick and mortar. Okay, right on.
0: Wow, good for him.
1: Old vieja, old viejo, old viejo, something like that. And every time I come to Austin, I go because I know they have—they do have a place there still on Six, but now they're in the. There's a theater there. They're inside there, but they also have another. The the whole family built it up um, from across the border. Best breakfast tacos I've ever had. and I mean, I love, I mean, Jesus, Austin's a foodie town. Totally. Like LA, LA is a foodie. Yeah. A
0: hundred percent. Although right
1: now we're not very foodie.
0: Yeah. Same here. I mean, they're cooking, trying cooking here. At home, cooking you know?
1: at home, Nobody's going out. Everybody's actually realizing how much money they save.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's, it's tough. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm divided on the issue. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, a lot of my friends are suffering right now with their businesses and yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, this is why I tell people all the time I've been talking about since the pandemic started. Um, We've had lots of chefs on uh, to talk about their businesses. And, you know, the same thing comes up, which is, look, all these places want to close and do the right thing and be safe. But the problem is the government saying close, but we're not helping you. So you got to still keep paying rent. You still got to keep paying this. You still got to keep paying everything else. Right. Your outgoing costs are still 100 percent. But now we've limited your incoming drastically. Um, and I just can't get behind that. And it is absolutely frustrated me beyond belief that, uh, the government has not provided, uh, you know, security and, and a system, um, for these businesses that are closing left and right. Right. And it's devastating federal
1: federal response and who is in charge and the federal response. And where did that first package go to it? lined the pockets,
0: big company, right? Like just people that don't need it.
1: The line, the pockets—it is the biggest scam, and that the people don't don't get that is just shocking to me. I, I um, yeah, no, my wife is a is a baker, so she she was an animator. oh really she was an oh. animator then she for years and then she became a cake decorator. And now she's a baker. She works at a with a great place here in L.A. called Friends and Family. Give them a little shout out. And, oh, I love that. Um, yeah, and they're still. The, thank God for the bakery because they were also had like a little bakery with a cafe and, you know, and they couldn't sustain that, but the bakery is like kicking ass, but it's still, it's tough. It's really, really hard. And there is a lot of hypocrisy going on because yes, they don't want people outside dining. Well, because then what happens is you have people who do it right, who do tables that are, you know, eight to 10 feet apart. Yes. You're not going to have the numbers you had, but, you, you still make an, an effort, but then you have a bunch of restaurants that don't do that. And people are like, no masks. And that's a few always ruin ruin it for yeah, everybody exactly. else. But the, here's true. the thing, and my, because my wife says, because she's dangerous, when the whole thing went down, she goes, why don't they just stop? Why didn't the bank stop? Why didn't everything just stop? Exactly. Like put a moratorium on like business.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: May be, but we can't. The world is too big. and Well, that
0: seems that seems logical. That seems like comments. Right. Why would we do that? <laughs> Why would we do what seems like the right thing to do? That
1: does, exactly. You know, exactly.
0: It would be a miracle, to be honest with you. Uh, well, I, you know, like you said earlier, I'm very hopeful um, for what's coming in the new year uh, with the new administration coming in. And I can't tell you how happy I am about it. And, um, yeah, I think there's going to be some changes. At least that's what I'm keep holding on and trying to, you know, these same conversations I keep having with friends of just keep hanging on, man. Just, just help is coming, you know, just keep hanging on. You can do this. And I know the holidays are going to be tough for a lot of people. So, um, you know, my heart's out to out to everybody that's that's dealing with that right now. You know, well, it's crazy.
1: it's going to be a lot of people dying because people did not stay. The people didn't practice do good practices during Thanksgiving, and it's going to be yeah, for sure. I think Christmas is going to be bad. You know, we, yeah. we've been in this situation since March, and I, I I have a Holocaust education program I created, which is it's an ongoing thing. And I look back. I mean, I've made many docs on a bunch of survivors, may they rest in peace now. But because and I've heard and I've read so many stories and people who are in these situations. America hasn't had um, this on her doorstep. We haven't had uh, genocide, war. Thank God, these kinds of things. Yes, we've had definite racism and a form of slow genocide and an incarceration of an entire group of people, particularly males. black and brown uh but we've not had it really on our shores and so there's there is a disconnect and having talked to survivors of the holocaust and you know you're upset because you can't you have to what you can't you can go to your market but you can't go out to you can't do whatever you can't do try like living like behind somebody's wall in a little cubby space where you have a crack that you get to see the daylight and you live like that for three to five years R- to stay alive. I mean, what about the people who are living in refugee camps? But there, you know, we are, you know, I, li- I liken it back to MTV. I want, my, <laughs> I want my MTV and I want it now. You know, I want it and I want it now. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know, yeah. God forbid anything really, like if a really award does erupt in this. this yeah, kind of-
0: right. That's you're absolutely right
1: wow. You know? So, but let's talk about, so food, I love food and I'm a total foodie. And I, um, my, my producing partner, Carlisle Vandervoort, shout out. She's living in you. She's the Texan. I'm not the Texan. She should be on this show. She's the Texan. She's a total foodie too. Car, Um, y'all. y'all. we ate, oh my God, fabulous. Last time we were there, which was South by Southwest, we went to this place in, oh my God, I need to, you know, I always do the eater, 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 uh, eater, you know, what's the,
0: the, 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 the list must, must the eat list, list of, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It was
1: in, and Ellen sweets. If you're listening, Ellen, Ellen's in Texas. Ellen is, you know, she was a food writer and a really close friend of Molly's hilarious stories, Ellen sweets and um, total foodie. And, uh, uh, she, um, Turned us on. Where's the place that you have, you can pick your meat, and it's a butcher and a place to eat. It's kind of out towards. Oh, uh,
0: salt, salt, and time.
1: That's one. There was another one too. Die,
0: there's a uh, Die Douay.
1: Yes. Die
0: phenomenal. Douai is amazing.
1: Phenomenal, phenomenal. And then, of course, what's what's the French place that I love that's been there for years and years and years. Um, east Side, all the way over. Justine's, is it Justine's? Justinas?
0: Um, I think it is Justine's.
1: Love that place. I love it because it's open late and has a really great bar, and it's just.
0: Oh, and the music I don't know if I've been there. To be honest with you, is it
1: Justine? Justinas?
0: Maybe so. it's not Maybe it's. Um, oh my God!
1: Let me think. I, Justine's,
0: it's gonna... Josephine's. Oh man. No, it's not Josephine's, is it? I it does. Oh man, we're gonna no, get, juniper, not juniper. No,
1: no, 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 no. We're gonna get crucified for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know they're like Patrick. You, the, you should know every place in Austin. It's Justine's. All, Justine's. Okay, I thought that's what it was.
1: It's Just. Uh,
0: I've heard of it for sure.
1: Well, Austin's favorite steak frites and pork chops. It's fabulous. Yeah. I love. It's been That'd there be forever. Thought- And yeah, Justine's Brasserie. Oh, my God. Very late night dining. That 4710 East 5th Street. Y'all, I love it. I love it because it's old school and it's just it's it's real community. The food is great and the bar is great and they have an outdoor area. I don't know what they're doing right now. I hope they're okay.
0: I'm sure they're doing Ellen something.
1: Turned me on to that place and her daughter, uh, Hannah, used to be one of the chefs there. And then she went back oh. to school and she's getting her PhD. Right do- on. Wow. Yeah, I know.
0: Wow. What and a, amazing. what a change. What yeah. a geez. That's and science,
1: some sort of science.
0: Oh, oh alchemy. wow.
1: Alchemy, cooking, alchemy, chemistry.
0: Look, there's a lot of science to, well, to what your wife does. That's why I don't bake because it's a science. Well, uh, yeah. so
1: I love to cook. I love yeah. to cook and I, I like uh, cooking to me is like, it's like dancing. It's like
0: yeah. it's
1: creative, right? Yes. You, if you know the basics, you can just, you know, you can screw around you can and do
0: you anything. Can, yeah. I can do
1: exactly. anything. But baking is chemistry
0: exactly. and, bake,
1: and she always says, no, no, no. You can play. I said, no, no,
0: <laughs> not when I do it. Every time I try to like, you know, eyeball it, Nothing. Right. My bread comes out hard as a rock. Exactly. Nothing's like, right. It's like, okay, exactly. not, not doing that anymore.
1: Cooking is you more know. forgiving. Cooking yeah, is more way
0: forgiving. more forgiving. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which I need uh, because I screw up a lot. So I need that forgiveness. I need to be able to bring it back. As we say, we can yeah. bring that dish back. You know, you can do this, you can do that. You can uh, get it back to to some way. Uh, what, what's your favorite thing to, to eat just as a whole? Just
1: I like lots of food. I mean, it's like when people ask me what's my favorite movie, I don't have one. I I, I love, well, I I love ethnic flavors. I really do. like your
0: last meal. I mean, that sounds dark, but like if you could, you were you were to have your one last meal, what would you eat? You had to pick something. You got to bottle. You know, right? it's got to come down to something.
1: Oh my god! I, mean, so much, I can't. I mean, I mean, you know. Well, look, if we were on an island, it'd have to be sushi because I'd have to spear that fish. I love. Japanese. I, I love. Oh my god, I make a, a slow cooked uh, pork shoulder bone in Belgian ale. Oh, cook it. oh baby doll, you cook that sucker for 8 <laughs> I cook it I cook it for 8 slow cook in a Dutch yes, oven. Slow, cook. slow, slow, slow. And then I will let it sit overnight and then I'll cook it, cook it down and then I put it over polenta or roasted potatoes. I mean, that's a great winter dish. Ooh, that um, sounds
0: delicious.
1: Oh man, it just makes you want to cry. Um, I I just I love uh, jeez, I just made a dip. You know, I'll, I'll I love a great um, my father's favorite was bouillabaisse, so I used to make him.
0: Ooh, he wow!
1: In France, during the war, I took, made him a two. I took two days, made him a bouillabaisse. I love uh, something called zarzuela, which is a Spanish uh, fish stew.
0: I never and even I, heard of that. Zarzuela. Zarzuela. Hmm. Zarzuela.
1: Z a r z u e l a.
0: Maybe I've had it. I don't know. Uh, I love they got Zarzuela. a million. They got a million. Well, I they do fish. They do fish. fish stews all over the place.
1: Oh, I love. See, I love fish stew. I love. Yeah, me
0: too. That. My um, wife makes it all the time. Actually, um, all the time for the winter. Like that's a win- one of the four winter dishes um, that is made is is a fish stew
1: like spanish cooking i mean i love i love tapas i love that whole idea of picking and just oh my god you know yes you know just shrimps and garlic gambas yeah
0: it's uh i do that i do that dish perfectly uh to be honest with you
1: champignon same thing i love i love that idea And, and you know olives great cheese is great you know, meats, You know, f- f- there was a period I was a vegetarian for years, and then I, I I brought fish back in, and then there was I don't know. There was just a, <laughs> suddenly I had a crave. My parents passed, and I had a craving for pork. I hadn't eaten pork in twenty five years, wow. so I went to this little place in my neighborhood that's um, Dor- <laughs> Dora and her mom own. It's a little taco stand, and I, um, I went and I I had to have. I had two pork I had two carnitas tacos oh my god
0: you just like we're just like
1: (laughs) I know but I don't do it too often I mean I I I go in and out but I do you know if it's well cooked I I just yeah my my last meal geez that's really hard
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this one you'd be like you know what I'm not even gonna eat I'm you know, just... I made
1: the other night. We, you know, we're down. I had, I had, because I have a big yard and I have, I had a garden and my, I've been growing Swiss chard for 10 years and finally it just, it bit it. So I, I don't have oh. my own Swiss chard right now. I have to replant. And, um, so I had to go buy Swiss chard and I just made, I made a very simple, um, and I love this. It's, you, you can do a potato kale sausage soup or you can do a Swiss chard and white bean soup. I combine them. I do a Swiss. Cause I like, if I want to do kale, I'm gonna do Tuscan kale, but I did Swiss chard, um, great Northern beans uh, and, and sausage. And I get these, there's a place called McCall's. Yeah. Um, it's a butcher here on, in my neighborhood. And I get a fennel thyme sausage and I got a garlic paprika sausage, Sear them up. I started with a bacon base. I mean, yeah, it's meat. It's not vegetarian. <sighs> you can do a vegetarian version. Sure. Not, not quite the same, but I, I do that and I made it, with you know, chicken stock, you know, and, and um, a little bit of red wine when I did my onions and I, I just little carrots, Swiss chard, just steamed at the end, great northern beans, potatoes, chunks, the sausages, it's a hearty soup and I shave some pepperino Romano on it.
0: That sounds delicious. It was good. I mean, you pretty much good. just anyone listening to the podcast will be able to recreate that dish from you oh, just yeah. saying it's that, easy. which is great.
1: It's, it's well, that's what's cooking. You can do yeah. that. Yeah, that's awesome. That, I, that I sounds love, I love those in the winter. I love those kinds of you know stews or soups that are th- not too thick but thick.
0: I yeah, recently absolutely. made a
1: cassoulet. I made a cassoulet. But you. You? I did. I did. Yeah, but I didn't do. Du- I didn't do duck confit. That was like. A, I, I did. I, I did chicken thighs bone in. I always leave the bone in. More flavor.
0: A hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> ab- absolutely. Yeah, it all comes from the bone. That's the fla- that's where the flavor is coming from. Oh, that's a, that is interesting. Well, you know. Um, uh, you, you said earlier you were a vegetarian for a long time. You know, that's definitely a conversation I have on the podcast a lot about vegan vegetarianism. And, and I get the, the reason that people go towards it, to be honest with you. Um, but something that we promote on the podcast a lot, because I've actually had farmers on as well, regenerative farming. So there's actually a, an environmental way to farm and do it right. The, the, th- the thing is, no one is for factory farming. You know, yeah. which is that's what's ruining food and ruining. You know, it's it's inhumane. It's, uh, it's the terrible. environment. I mean, there's just nothing good about it. It's yeah. horrible for you. You know, you, you put it in your body. I mean, it's just it's there's nothing good about it. But regenerative farming and um, doing it that way is is actually, you know, it's a balance. It's just a nice balance and taking care of the environment and taking care of those animals and, um, you know. So I think it's still possible. I think everyone really just needs to choose what's right for them. Right. That's at the, at the end of the day, that's, that's the best way to do it.
1: That's, that's true. I mean, Texas, you guys eat a, a lot of beef, a lot of cow. Did you got, did yeah, you a I, lot here? a lot of beef. There was yeah, a, I, I watch sometimes occasionally, I'll watch food docs and of course hero dreams of sushi, which is food porn. It was brilliant.
0: On oh yeah. Network. Great. That's phenomenal.
1: table. Come on. It's like, because it's beautifully shot. It's a, those are documentaries about the people I yeah. just had one about the, the, the lady who does the Texas barbecue. She's like 90
0: yes, years
1: old. Yes. Yes. She made, That made me cry. Yeah. It was so moving. But to watch what she does.
0: That is a, like a pit, pit master ma- right there. Pit, was, yes. gonna, she's a yes. pit
1: master. Yes, but, tr- what was her name? Trudy? I can't think of her name. Was-
0: no, that's it. Trudy. Trudy. Amazing. Yeah. That's I just had a pit amazing. master on like a couple of weeks ago, just a great conversation, just talking barbecue with someone you wouldn't think would be a con- but you're just like, it's like an awesome thing to talk about. Uh, oh, yeah. And then to see her like what she's doing. Absolutely. Those shows on Netflix, uh, you know, I, I do nothing but support those things because that turns people onto good food and knowing that it's accessible to you, yeah. that that's the key is it not, you know, no, knowing that it's out there is one thing, but knowing that you can have it and bring it to your table, is is what's going to turn people on to eating healthier and which in turn, you know, better and, and in turns better for the environment, the economy, everything. Right. There's a domino effect.
1: But it's also the ethnic the ethnic cooking. I mean, America is that a, too. Yeah, we are a country of immigrants. And Padma Lakshmi has a show on right now, The Flavor of the Nation. And it's on Hulu and it's a doc series. And she really digs in, uh, pun intended, she really does dig into, to to um, our multicultural United States, and what it's incredible.
0: What makes it awesome, right? Like,
1: it's what it's... makes it awesome completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It really did. The baker just came home. Maya, <laughs> I just gave friends and family a plug.
0: <laughs> <laughs> The she's Danish like, thank baker. you. Yeah, she's like, thank you. Baker. No, uh that's there's hilarious. A, a,
1: this is a podcast from Austin, Texas, but generally is about about food, but it's about Texas and it's about yeah, we're yeah. talking everything from politics to food. And uh-huh. and um I told them that you were a baker and that you work at this we are talking about the pandemic and how yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. taken its toll. So what'd you guys make today in the bakery? Uh
0: Swedish peppa What is it? Swedish peppa
1: They're making they're making Scandinavian food. Swedish pepparkaka. What is that? That's a little pepper nuts, you know. Oh, pepper nuts. Yeah. And some Christmas hearts and some other cookies, almond cookies. We're getting Mm. ready for Christmas.
0: Nice. (laughs) Well, good luck with everything. Thank you. No, That's it's awesome. a great baker.
1: They have an incredible bakery. I mean, they have, they have a, they had a. I went over there the other day and I got a, a. I always say, what should I try now? Is I had a pistachio croissant that was the bomb. They had a halva, like halva. Yeah, Jewish or in middle or from the east eastern bloc halva. Me,
0: no, no, I'm not. I have friends that are uh, Jewish. No, I, first, I'm, so I'm we... saying if you are. Out oh there, yeah, yeah, for sure, absolutely, yeah.
1: A, a uh, croissant with halva in it. It was phenomenal. <laughs>
0: Gosh, you know, th- that's something uh, y- you really can't get too much around here in Austin. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's like the one food you really can't get too much, like some good Jewish food. I guess there maybe is a couple of places. Well, it's places, not.
1: But... Halva comes from, halva I think probably comes from, it's made with sesame. So it probably okay. comes from. It could be um, like
0: Lebanon, Lebanese or Turkish maybe or something.
1: Turkey, the, the Middle East, maybe. the Maya, where yeah. does it come from? It's, you know, they use it in too. Greek food too. Greek food
0: too. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that, that tahini. Makes sense. It's from sesame. Yeah, like tahini, exactly. Yeah, but it's exactly. it's
1: but it's sweet, and there is a a, a a a group of gals, a couple of gals out here who are doing it that make incredible halva, which is chocolate chunk halva. Oh wow! <laughs> oh my God! It's it's not like halva. Like if you are, are Jewish and grew up in New York and you're your family would get halva like when they went to get on, on, you know, on (laughs) Sunday morning lox, Um, and and all the other Eastern European, there was always halva. If you go into a middle Eastern market or an Armenian or what, you'll see they have chunks of halva, but this is the halva. I'm talking about is, is not, it's, it's not super sweet. It's, but it's, it's delicious. And it's, of course it's vegan, it's gluten-free and it's, you know, it's elitist made.
0: that's, that's hilarious because that's we that, yeah. you know that's
1: it's just made. Yeah. <laughs>
0: made
1: better for you it doesn't have carcinogens in it
0: oh gosh well you know that's important for sure that is a, that is uh well janice let's let's uh you know i don't want to take up too much more of your time but you know let's definitely just finish off on the movie here real quick uh sure. don't you want us to you know first of all i, I just got to say real quickly that um uh, you know, the Rotten Tomatoes score. I don't know if that's, you know, important to you or not. I, I don't really look at stuff like that, but I noticed it. I was like, look, 100 percent audience score, 95 percent for That's awesome.
1: Over 50 so, plus critics. You are kidding? Of course, I look at that and we,
0: yeah, we push great. it. We're a little good.
1: independent doc.
0: Good. That's amazing.
1: Good. And, you know, we just opened in the UK.
0: Boom. Nice. OK. Oh, and you did, you know, you did the 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 uh, podcast with Matthew yes. uh, for Factual America. So yeah, and they're over there in the UK. So that's great. So now they'll get to everyone else over there will get to see it.
1: Oh, I do want to tell you about something that is very Molly Ivins related. Yes, and it is something that y'all, your your audience needs to know. So Molly was an amazing cook. She was great. an amazing cook, and she had, used to have these big dinners and dinner parties, and would spend sometimes days. And she had a, 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 a cooking with Ellen sweets. And I'm going to give a plug because there is a book. And it's called Stirring It Up with Molly Ivins. By Ellen Sweets. And it has recipes and stories of Molly's cooking. uh, Hilarious stories of of them cooking. I won't give any away and recipes. (laughs) I make Molly's uh, Texas chili.
0: Nice. Okay. Oh, I love a good chili recipe.
1: There's no beans in that chili.
0: Yeah. No, no, no. This no, Texas uh-oh. chili. No beans, no <laughs> beans in Texas. chili.
1: I got I to come up. It's from Carlisle when I said, I'm going to make Molly's chili. And I, and I said something about, uh, uh, Pintos and she said, no beans.
0: No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Only me. No, no, no. Yeah.
1: yeah. And she goes, go get some real Chuck. She goes, don't get any of that lean. She goes, go, she goes, go get some real meat. Put some, that's true. Put some you need some fat. Meat it's hilarious but i I'm do and molly it, used, to beer. used to put a beer she doesn't put a can of shine a couple of can of shiner in her beer, That's in her, smart her
0: that's beer. smart yeah, that's yeah. So, smart right there
1: um, it's called stirring it up with molly ivans by ellen sweets and ellen sweets is an incredible raconteur and very funny and she lives in austin and somebody you might want to talk to she's I, I mean
0: absolutely wrote her name down 100 uh, percent I- like she's that would be awesome yes uh, we would love to have her on uh, that would be an amazing conversation um because this has been amazing jan i gotta tell you this has been just such an unbelievable uh conversation that i've had with you today just you know th- this is why i love doing what i do to be honest with you i get to talk to amazing people uh doing this this is just great
1: thank you patrick i had fun this too it's great right this was, was, fun. This was fun why are we i, I, I look i just, my, my breakfast <laughs> i love
0: that i love that i i used to eat right in the beginning when we start we've done over 100 episodes i used to eat in the beginning and stuff but then it became like th- people didn't eat on the other end they stopped eating and I, it became like okay this is getting i'm i'm being weird now i thought right. i was being too weird but i'm all about it uh, yeah, i'm all about it <laughs> go for it uh, that's, i encourage it uh, if I would have known, I would have brought something out myself. No problem. No, I
1: just because I, I did, I did, because we're in the stay in place in LA. I did our, our, my, our shopping. I went at eight this morning um, to go before there's a mess of people. And, um, smart. and then I That's came smart. back and then I, I, so I basically poured myself a little bowl of, you know, just granola and some fresh blueberries, <laughs> raspberries and pomegranates. We have a massive pomegranate tree in our backyard.
0: Really? I had a, love pomegranates.
1: We have probably one hundred and twenty five pomegranates in a fight with the squirrels and the tree. rats.
0: Wow. Oh, I lived in Granada. Oh, the city of, of pomegranates. But yes. we
1: got into juicing. We've learned I, this. I learned how to juice.
0: Nice. Pomegranates Look at you
1: recently. And it's great. You get these big ones and on a hard surface we did it all it's i felt like lucy and ethel in, in, in an episode of i love lucy i i massage the pomegranate on the hard surface so you can hear the little seeds going yeah breaking up it's so it's really satisfying it is and it's like you,
0: breaking the bubble things right like completely
1: yes and then you put it in like a big bowl in your sink of course put an apron on and you and i got into man i split it apart i was pressing those seeds my hands were in it it was i love because i eat with my hands i i, lo- I loved it yeah. and we made we we kept getting old we got a lot of juice and i would take a small like i'm saying four two to four ounce glass like little of just pure pomegranate juice every morning it was like a bolt. forget coffee it was like boom pure energy. i don't have to
0: try that it was I don't know, really, know if I've ever done that.
1: But from fresh squeezed, it was amazing. And then we also have a massive fig tree in our backyard, which is from Celesta Figs, which are from Texas.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, the I got a fig tree in my tree. backyard, too. Yeah, I love figs. That's uh underrated fruit. Um, we love fruit. <gasps> yeah.
1: How, why is it under? I don't get that. They're
0: People are scared of them, I guess. I don't know. I think they just don't know. Most people just don't even know what they are.
1: It's foreign. It's foreign.
0: It's foreign to them. So what is this?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. I I, am when our figs come in, which is usually like, you know, first week in August and they're celeste. They're big. They're not the mission figs, which are good, but I think are almost too sweet. These celestes are they're purple and they're deep burgundy red when you cut them open. I make fresh sliced figs on a piece of toast yeah with even with with some almond butter or just even just butter
0: yeah almond butter my wife loves that stuff
1: oh man fresh fruit on top of that is so good i'm i'm gonna um pomegranate fresh pomegranate seeds on top of almond butter
0: (laughs) boom Boom. look at this you're just you're making dishes right now you're putting together a a tasting menu
1: a t- the tasting yeah. menu. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to actually, we're going to make our fig jam because we, um, we, we, we get, the tree is so big. It's enough for the squirrels, the birds, any critter and humans. I have friends come pick. Uh, I've given to restaurants. I mean, we get over thousands of figs. And so um, oh, wow. this, this year we, we, I miss, I picked, I mean, I could pick 200 easily in like 10 minutes. So wow. we picked them and this time we cut them we cut off the stems and we just, we, we just squashed them down and we froze them because we knew we were going to make the jam. And now um, our local hardware stores run out of the Mason jars, you know, Oh Every- yeah, there's a run because everybody's canning. So um, I think we have 24, so we're going to make it. And we are, we're gonna, we always give a, either, we do a spicy fig jam or just, we call it Celesta because the Celesta fig, Celesta fig jam from, Two Rivers. It's the name of my production company called Two Rivers. <laughs> sounds
0: great. Look at this. This sounds awesome.
1: Patrick, send me your your address. I'll send you a jar.
0: Oh my gosh, uh, that's okay. Don't you know? Don't say that if you don't mean it, because I will. I no, will I want will. That, I will want that fig. I'll eat it. I, I love it. And that I'll stuff. send you the
1: spicy one because that's we put some ginger in it. Ooh. You know, it just gives it a little.
0: oh okay. yes, I love. That's a great idea, by the way. Yeah, that's a smart. Uh, that's a smart idea. Yeah, I love that. Oh, absolutely. Well, now I'm excited uh, to get some of this fig jam. Yeah, I'm not going to share it uh, either with anybody. Share? Uh, (laughs) All right, all right. A little bit. I'll share at least with your wife. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, Well, she's actually in Spain right now um, with her with her family. Uh, Her father's not doing well, so she's having to be over there uh, with him uh, right now. So I'll I'll in in spirits over Facetime. uh, I'll I'll share it with her that way. Okay. um, you know, real quick, uh, Janice, let's let's tell people where they can still see this movie. OK, because uh, I saw it through the screener you sent me. But, you know, for everyone else, like where where would you go see this movie right now? If you... So,
1: OK, so if you're in the States, you yeah. can go anybody. You can go to www.MollyIvansFilm.com, which is Molly M-O-L-L-Y-I-V-I-N-S Film, F-I-L-M. And if you, you go there, you will see um, in the States it, you can, it's streaming on multiple platforms. If you have Hulu, it's free. Um, oh, nice. You, yeah, you, but you can doubt, you can rent it. You can download it um, in the UK in Ireland, <laughs> which is where it just opened. It's in um, it's through modern films. And uh, it actually, you can get a link to them through www.mollyevansfilm.com or you can go to modern films dot com and there's uh it's streaming through Horizon and a bunch of other platforms there and it was also in theaters and of course they've had the lockdown again but um now the vaccine so maybe it'll be opening sooner but i actually came to you patrick through the uk the uk this whole run that that raise hell is on
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, we are. I gotta.
1: I want to just tell everybody. You know, it's really hard to make a documentary, and we're like the little engine that could. Um, It Molly Ivins. I don't know any other film that's had this kind of staying power, save for maybe *R.B.G.* Again, two great women who had something to say, something to share, and something to teach, Um, and about upholding democracy specifically and justice. we ran, once we got picked up, we did the, we got world premiere at Sundance. South by Southwest was a huge homecoming because it's Molly's stomping grounds and we won the audience award. Numerous um, film festivals, more, several more awards. We got picked up by Magnolia Pictures. We got released. Actually our release date was Molly Ivan's 75th birthday and nobody realized it. I realized it like a week later. Oh, we, what
0: really? Oh my week, God. You know,
1: well, we, before it happened, they gave us the dates and I'm looking at it a week later. I said, why is that date familiar? And I was like, oh my God, it's it's gonna be Molly's 75th birthday. So I always say, you know, who's driving this bus? She is. So we rolled out the film on her birthday, her 75th birthday, she rolled out her own film. And um, it played for 18 weeks in theaters from Alabama to Alaska. That is extraordinary for a small independent doc. And it's because of who Molly is and what she had to say. And the fact is how many documentaries
0: make you laugh? I mean uh, absolutely. Yeah. Th- this is such a I mean it really is a phenomenal uh documentary. Um uh, for for you know not not just that reason it makes you laugh but you you you're learning something. Um I learned a lot. Uh, it was very intriguing, very um it was like a good story. It was almost moving like Molly telling a good story uh in a lot of ways. Well she's um, a Texan. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> true Texan. I saw that she was born in California. Is that true?
1: Yes, yeah, she was, but yeah. her focus during World War II, her dad, yeah, yeah they, he was. I wasn't
0: born here either, but I, you know, I was born in Omaha. I lived there six months and came here. So, but I, I call myself a Texan.
1: Yeah, she called herself a Texan. like
0: her, like her, yeah, exactly. No, she, Just she, like she, her. She,
1: yeah, her, they they settled in Houston. They right after she was, I think, maybe 15 months old when they yeah. There came you go. To Texas. Yeah,
0: same you know. same deal. But so sure. it jumped
1: the so as the staying powers it jumped the pond and, you know, we we premiered in in the states in. You know, August, September, it opened 2019. Um, Although we did Sundance in January of 2019. I mean, that's a long run. And then we were about to do the educational part of this and COVID happened, but then we got picked up and we just opened in the UK in October in the lead up. Again, Molly's driving the bus, the lead up to the 2020 election here in the States. So um, I am humbled by the staying power and I am humbled by Molly Evans and that that's I awesome. get to share her with y'all.
0: That's fantastic. And, and, and the been. UK loves Texas. So, right. Yeah. They're going to they love do. this. Yeah. They, they love Texas. Um, wow. That's awesome. Wow. This is so amazing. I know this has been such a journey for you, Janice. So I'm just very happy that this is, you know, gone the way that I, I, mean, I hope this has gone the way you wanted it to. Right.
1: What this the your podcast?
0: No, no, the just the journey with doing the, oh, the, the documentary
1: oh, right. beyond anything I could have ever imagined. Yeah, I, I never awesome. even thought I'd ever get into the Sundance Film Festival. I was <laughs> <laughs> like a little engine that could. This is actually where I we edited the film. I edited the film for five and a half years on my own, and then brought brought in Mo to finish it, Monique Zavistowsky to finish it with me. I I oh. um you know, we're lean and mean, a tiny team that
0: made this film. Love that. Well, that should give inspiration to anyone else out there. That's uh, trying to get a project uh, going, right?
1: Follow your gut. Stick with it. Don't lose hope.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Wow. Great words. Well, is there anything else Janice that I'm missing? Um, We told how to see the movie, right? So we got that, you know, we got that out. Um, Yeah. Anything else that, that we didn't uh, cover that you wanted to say?
1: No, I just want people to learn. You know, I, I would love for people to keep sharing with each other. Um, you know, we're in really difficult times and we really need to learn to listen to each other and we can agree to disagree. I mean, yes, there are people who have conspiracy theories, which I really don't have patience for. Um, but maybe I need to learn to, to understand where, why they believe those things. I, it's, that's a hard one. That's a, that's a hard one to grasp, yeah. Yeah. but um, we have a, we, we are really y'all, we are one species. We have one planet and um, we've got to find a way to recognize each other and celebrate each other for our differences. That's what makes us human. You know, we have a shared humanity that we need to 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 really start embracing we only have one planet y'all who want to go to venus have fun with that (laughs) 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 just saying
0: i love it no absolutely oh gosh that's hilarious look i mean there's news that just came out that supposedly like, you know, aliens are are here and they're just waiting. So, yes, we we need to come together as one uh, species here. Um,
1: I've been to I, Area I, 50, 51 now. I, come on. Of course there are. They walk among us.
0: They walk. Yeah, really? they walk among us. I think no, I, I know I've a couple. You're right. Think...
1: You've met those people, you know, you know, the ones who walk among us, you know, the ones who are walk ins, you've met them. we've all had those thoughts i'm telling you you ever go and there's somebody there and you can see the bubble over everybody's head you just know
0: know. you You just know you're not gonna
1: Uh, say it don't say it i can see the bubble (laughs) (laughs) Uh. they walk among us
0: that is so funny. Oh gosh. I love it. Well, Janice, this has been, again, this has been absolutely just a wonderful conversation. Uh, I know our listeners and viewers are going to just uh, love this uh, conversation and uh, really appreciate you just taking the time and being honest with the, you know, everything. And um, this was great. I mean, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to, uh, you know, not, so, you. not say too much and screw it up. Thank so. you,
1: Patrick. I had, I had, this is actually one of the most fun podcasts I love to. I actually love talking to Matthew. We had, a it was great. And yes. I have a tendency to go on. I, I I get passionate and I can do run-ons, and I so I apologize if I did that. But I really do. Um, I love the back and forth, and I love that we we talked about food, dude. Oh my god,
0: right? <laughs> you about- and I, I learned from you, so this is why I love doing this because I I can always learn from somebody.
1: Yeah, I I, I I like the back and forth and and this, you know, the kind of that kind of a conversation and, and, and getting to talk. I love talking about raise hell, but I love talking about other stuff. And I'm I'm glad that we talked about a variety of things going on uh, in the world and things that really are are we're all dealing with. Um, right. I think that's point. really important. So thank you for doing that.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It was my pleasure, Janice. This was completely uh, my pleasure to do this. And uh, again, I just really appreciate the time. The Lone Star Plate Podcast is produced by Texas Real Food. Go to texasrealfood.com and you can search your city for stores, butchers, restaurants, farmers markets, and more. We're using fresh, artisanal, organic sources. It's a fun site that brings all natural options all together. I hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information, go to thelonestarplay.com. I'm your host, Patrick Scott Armstrong. Until next time.